The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, you are our great King. You are our Lord. Show us what that means for our lives today. Amen. I don't know if you're reading along as Betty was reading our scripture today. Um, Maybe you already know this story, this uh, parable that Jesus tells today, but um, I'm going to pretend that you don't. And maybe you're wondering, well, you know, Scott, the the first part of the story talks about somebody separating sheep and, and goats and then talking to those sheep and, you know, what happens to them and well, what happens to the goats? Well, not good. Let me kind of uh, skim it for you. You know, he says he, he welcomes the, uh, the sheep, and then he, he says to those on the left hand, uh, these are the goats, he says, You that are cursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. He says, I was hungry and you didn't give me anything to eat. And, you know, thirsty, didn't give you anything. Stranger, you didn't welcome me. Naked, you didn't clothe me. Sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And then they're going to say, Lord, when when was it that we saw you? All these different things. He said, then I'll say to them, well, truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Personally, I wish Jesus had just told the first part of that parable instead of the second, because it is about judgment. I like this parable, though. I just don't like how it very often gets interpreted. Because it's quickly, especially among church people, to start to saying, who's going to heaven and who's going to hell? The folks who do this are going to heaven. The folks who do this, they're all going to hell. And then the lists get piled up about what it is that gets you into heaven and what gets you into hell. And then, of course, there's a theological discussion that takes place um, among Christians. Is Well, now the Apostle Paul says that we are saved by grace through faith. It is faith that saves us. Not what we do, but then you turn to James, and James says, faith without works is dead. So we are saved by works. Are we saved by faith? Are we saved by works? And then this whole big argument goes on and on. And and frankly, and not to be flippant, I think it's a big, huge waste of time. Because I don't think that is Jesus' intent in this parable. And I think it also ignores the context of this parable, which I'll get to shortly. As I said earlier, today is the reign of Christ Sunday, the the Christ the King Sunday, it's also called. That Sunday where at the end of the year, after another long church year, we are reminded that Christ indeed rules. Christ um, is is the Lord of, of now and forever. Next week when we gather, we'll start all over with the season of Advent as we prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ. But today we proclaim the bigness of God's reign forever. And this parable today starts very big. That when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all these angels are with Him, 
He's going to sit on His throne in glory. And then all the nations will be gathered before Him and He'll divide them up into groups like the sheep on one side and the goats on the other. It's all very big. And that's where all the fighting gets going about who goes where and when and how. And I think it misses the point. Because quickly it moves away from all this big stuff that frankly I can't say that I really understand into something that the sheep and the goats and us are very well aware of. And that is about living among people who are in need. Those who need. Those who are vulnerable. Those who are at risk. Those who are forgotten. And we get to, in this story, that the sheep and the goats are different and that the sheep do something and the goats don't. Now the question is, why do the sheep do what they do? I think an easier one to address first, though, is why did the goats not do anything? Well, I think the goats didn't do anything because these people didn't matter. At least they didn't matter enough for them to do anything. It's not that the goats do anything bad. It's not like they went out and robbed and shot and killed or do anything like that, cheat people. No, they don't. It's not that they did anything bad. It's just that they didn't do anything. And I guess they didn't do anything because these folks didn't matter enough to do anything. Now, of course, and I think it's kind of um, interesting when the goats say that, well, when did we, when did we see you and, and not help you? And, you know, when Jesus throws the big surprise that it was me. And my guess is that if the goats knew that they were helping Jesus, why well, certainly they would have helped. Because we all know that Jesus matters, right? But they don't. Now back to the question, though, of why did the shepherds do what they did? Well, in my readings over time about sheep, and I only read about sheep because I'm a minister, I'm not a farmer, but sheep's all through the Bible. But every time I read about sheep, sheep basically only know what to do because the shepherd tells them and shows them. It's not that they're dumb. It's just that they trust the shepherd. I think the sheep did what they did because they trusted the shepherd. And they saw what the shepherd did, and so they did it. And here's where the context comes in. This story here is the very last teaching moment that Jesus will have before all the events happen that gets him arrested and killed. This is the last chance for Jesus to teach his disciples alone. And in this very last story, I think what Jesus is saying is, You've seen me do these things, guys. You've seen me feed and, and heal and, and care for and visit those who don't matter. You sheep, 
You do the same thing that I have done. And notice, there's nothing about doing these things in order to get brownie points to get you into heaven. There's none of that talk. It's just do as the shepherd did. And then we get that bombshell, the surprise of the whole story, when Jesus says that when you, for the, to the sheep, that when you did it for the least of these, for these forgotten, for these at risk, for these vulnerable, for these ones that frankly don't matter, when you did it for them, you did it to me. Now what does that mean? Who is this Jesus? Next week when we gather, we're going to be stepping toward our remembrance of who this Jesus is. This is the Jesus who was born the beloved child of God. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. Then a few weeks later, we remember Jesus' baptism when the tub came down and the voice from heaven said, Beloved, this is my son, the Beloved. And then later on in the story, when Jesus is up on a mountain with three of his disciples and all things go crazy, and there's a voice from heaven that says, this is my son, the beloved. And then when Jesus is killed and the proclamation of the resurrection and that Roman soldier says, surely this was the son of God. Jesus is the child of God, just like all of those who are forgotten and vulnerable and at risk and unloved, all of those that the goats really thought didn't matter, at least not matter enough, those are children of God just like Jesus. There's a movie that came out in 1960 called Spartacus. Now, I must confess, I have not seen the whole movie. I've seen clips of it, but it costs three whole dollars to rent it from Amazon, and I would have messed it up anyway, so I didn't rent it. But I read about it. A friend of mine sent me a clip. Spartacus uh, was a, a, a Roman slave born about 100 years before the time of Jesus, Spartacus was born a slave and he was put in with a group of other slaves to be trained to be gladiators. And of course the role of the gladiators was to entertain the common folk by fighting to the death. Spartacus refused to do that fighting and actually led a revolt where lots of these slaves being trained as gladiators revolted and escaped up into the mountains refusing to kill a fellow slave. Well, eventually, though, the Roman army caught up with all of these men, arrested them, and now the clip that we're going to be seeing here takes place as some of the Roman military is coming, and you'll see a bunch of men on the hillside, and they're all prisoners. They're, they're these slaves that had rebelled and escaped, and now they've all been captured. Okay? Let's watch the clip.
snow. There's supposed to be sound. Can you start it over? It's a really great clip. <laughs> have we a count of prisoners? We haven't made the final count, sir. I bring a message from your master, Marcus Licinius Crassus, commander of Italy. By command of his most merciful excellency, your lives are to be spared. Slaves you were, and slaves you remain. But the terrible penalty of crucifixion has been set aside on the single condition that you identify the body or the living person of the slave called Spartacus. I'm Spartacus! 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 I